All right, fucking now, here we go. Hi, this is Michael R. Fletcher, author of Beyond Redemption, The Mirror's Truth, and coming out in August, Swarm and Steel, and you are listening to The Grim Tidings Podcast. Today's guest is returning for his fifth time to the show. He's the author of the grimdark fantasy novel Beyond Redemption, the cyberpunk novel 88, and returns today to talk about his latest novel, The Mirror's Truth, which just so happened to pick up an R Fantasy Stabby Award for Best Self-Published Novel of 2016. Husband, father, and Grim Tidings podcast regular, Michael R. Fletcher, welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you for having me again, and again, and, and again, and again, and, and again. You yes. must really like us. I really do. Frankly, you guys are my two favorite humans on the entire planet. Don't wow. don't tell don't tell my wife and daughter that. Okay? <laughs> Your secret is safe-ish <laughs> with us. Okay. No, no one listens to this, do they? No, no, not really. Ah, no. Okay, okay. You're you're safe. Yeah. But uh, you've got so much cool shit going on. I don't know if we're going to be able to fit it all into one episode, but we will try our damnedest to do so. We were actually going to have you back on the show in December, but I was kind of dying from pneumonia, so we had to get you rescheduled. So it's glad to find I'm I'm glad to get you finally back on the show for here your fifth time, your fifth appearance on the show. If folks wanted to check the show archive, you have been on multiple times. You were on our Metal and Dark Fiction panel. You were on with uh, Adrian Collins for the uh, Grimdark Magazine anthology release, and then you had a couple interviews in the past, and uh, you had the uh, Publishing Plan B episode where you were on talking about your alternate publishing plans after Beyond Redemption uh, didn't um, get the sales that uh, your publisher was looking for, I guess, and then you had to go the self-publishing route with The Mirror's Truth, which has found you Great success. Uh, Mirror's Truth won the Stabby Award, like we mentioned, for the best self-published novel of 2016. You must be fucking pretty excited about that. Uh, yeah, that was uh, completely unexpected. I, I like, I knew the Stabbies were going on, but you know, it, like Mirror's Truth just came out sort of a uh, beginning of December. It only been out like uh, what a month, month and a half or so before the Stabbies. Uh, I honestly, I didn't think anyone had heard of it. Um, and to, to actually win a stabby is, uh, is amazing. And they're going to mail me a knife. Like, <laughs> does it get any better than that? Not really. And you had some pretty stiff competition for that award too. That wasn't just, you wrote a popular novel. I mean, it, people really dig the mirror's truth and you beat out a, some pretty stiff competition for the self-publishing route. And I think it's part, not only to your fantastic writing in the novel, but you had a pretty awesome crack team of support for helping you put the mirror's truth together, including Tim Markwitz on copy editing. You had Sean T King uh, doing the lettering, and then you had some, off, some stellar cover art put together. So you really put some fucking work into making the mirror's truth, the best fucking novel that you could release self-publishing uh, wise. Absolutely. Uh, John Anthony DiGiovanni, whose name I probably just butchered because it's <laughs> Italian and, and I'm not, uh, he did, he did the cover art and he did such amazing work and, you know, Sean doing the, uh, the layout, uh, Tim doing the uh, the copy editing, like it really was a stellar team. I'm really happy with how the whole thing turned out. What did, what did you notice that is uh, different between publishing independently and working with a publisher? Because you got to kind of put together your own team, as Rob mentioned. Yeah. Um, well, with the publisher, you sort of they say, oh, here's the uh, cover art and here's the title. And we didn't like the one you came up with. So we've come up with a different one. Uh, and you, you're kind of go, okay, cause contractually that's, they can totally do that. Um, and whereas with, uh, self-publishing this, uh, like John came, the editor, Anthony, let's call him, that's what everyone calls him, uh, came to me with a, a pile of sketches. Uh, we sorted through, we sort of picked the ones we liked 
he fine-tuned a couple. You know, we sort of narrowed it down to one. Uh, he did uh, an initial draft, and I was like, holy fuck, this is good. Holy shit. And I was like, done, dude, you're done. I'm happy. And he disappeared for like two weeks, and I didn't hear from him, which, you know, I really didn't think anything of. And he came back, and he stripped it right down, redid it completely from scratch. It was totally different. And it was just so much better. Uh, like, I was happy with the first one, and the second one, I just... So good. So good. And so now I'm working on a uh, sort of a YA science fiction novel. Uh, Anthony, once again, is going to be doing the art for it. And uh, I've seen uh, the sort of initial sketches. I'm really excited about it. Dude has skills. <laughs> so Beyond Redemption got, you know, pretty awesome rave reviews as one of the best grimdark fiction fantasy novels of 2015. You made over a dozen best of 2015 lists. So Beyond Redemption, critical success, but didn't get the sales that it was looking for. So Harbor Voyager didn't continue with that. Uh, but The Mirror's Truth is the next novel. It's the sequel to Beyond yep. Redemption. Can you give us a little elevator pitch about what readers can expect from The Mirror's Truth if they, when they pick it up, when they buy a copy or two? Oh, okay. Well, uh, assuming that you've read Beyond Redemption, uh, The Mirror's Truth takes off basically right after after uh, that, the first book ends, um, you know, within about a week or so. Um, and what you have is Bedict understanding, sort of coming to realize the damage he did to the uh, to the godchild Morgan, and and setting out to sort of make it right. Um, in in killing the kid, he uh, he wandered from his list of crimes he was unwilling to perpetrate, and uh, so he sort of he decides he's going to make it right by sort of getting back on track and sticking to his list this time. And of course, everything goes really badly because it's you know it's me. Yeah, Beyond Redemption, The Mirror's Truth, uh, the upcoming uh, book Swarm and Steel, and then you also have a, a short story Fire and Flesh that you can get on Amazon for 99 cents. What order do you think people should read those books in order to get the most out of them? Uh, I'd probably suggest Beyond Redemption first. Fire and Flesh, although it was written first and, you know, by a, a year or two, you know, before Beyond Redemption, I, I, I think uh, Beyond Redemption is a better introduction into the world. And I think Fire and Flesh will, will mean more once you sort of understand how everything works and, you know, you've got a better grip of the, uh, the insane magic system. And then the mirror's truth is the the sequel that we talked about before the one that you wrote that you that you had for Harper Voyager to be published and it was the one that they did not publish and so you went and published it yourself is that right Yeah um so when Beyond Redemption sold uh I was basically in the middle of transitioning out of uh the music business I was an audio engineer mixed rock bands for about 20 years um I was I was transitioning out of that into a state of unemployment which was awesome um and Beyond Redemption sold to Harper Voyager and I basically didn't really look for a, a full-time job I did a bunch of you know part-time work um and really for the next year after it sold, I just went nuts writing. I wrote two books. I, I wrote uh, The Mirror's Truth and Swarm and Steel in that time. Uh, finished them both within a year. Um, and so because I was like, look at all these crazy reviews. Like industry magazines were reviewing it and were raving about it. The reviewers, the bloggers, were everyone was, was raving about it. And so I was like, for sure they're going to want the sequel. Like this is, this is a crazy reviews. I haven't seen reviews like this about a book in forever. And it wasn't selling. And so I had these two books, which I'd written, and were done and edited. And Harper Voyager basically said, you haven't sold enough to warrant investing in a sequel. Um, they didn't look at the books. It was just like, there's no money in this for you. You know, you're, it's not making money. Uh, the Mirror's Truth was doomed. Uh, no publisher wants to buy a sequel to a book held by another publisher. 
So, you know, my agent tried, uh, she shopped it around, but basically it was like, no, no interest whatsoever. Um, Swarm and Steel being a, a standalone, uh, same world, same universe as uh, Beyond Redemption, but totally unrelated. You don't need to have read Beyond Redemption to to read it and understand what's going on. Uh, that did sell fairly quickly, which was awesome. Uh, Talos, uh, an imprint of Skyhorse and Nightshade Books, they bought it. Uh, so that'll come out in August. Um, and I was left with The Mirror's Truth. And initially, I had never been much interested in self-publishing. It, it seemed like a lot of work to me. Uh, and I was right. Yes. <laughs> uh so i was you know but I'd, i had this book it was written i put a shit ton of effort into it and i really liked it so i was like fucking i'm just gonna self-publish it um i wanted to be happy with it i wanted it to be good i wanted it to be professional and i basically gave up any thought of money i was like this is not even gonna break even like when i was looking at what i spent on on editing on art on layout it was like there's no fucking chance this is gonna break even uh, but I, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to put it out there because it's done. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years, it'll it'll have paid for itself. And that that was fine. Uh, and then crazy. It, it broke even in the first month in December. Fucking sweet. Yeah. Not bad at all. Do you, do you think now that you're one of the special magical unicorns of the publishing industry and in that you are officially a hybrid author? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm not a magical uh <laughs> Rainbow shitting unicorn in the publishing industry. I, I don't yes, think. I'm, yes, yes, you are. No one's, no one's heard of me. No one gives a shit about me. You know, I, I, I'm just another tiny little uh, rainbow colored butterfly pestering people. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose I am. I would qualify as a hybrid author. Um, I would still sell a book to a big five publisher mm. uh, if uh, the advance was decent. Um, now, having seen what The Mirror's Truth did in the first month, I have a better idea of, you know, what it's worth and what I'm worth, um, which is that's cool. Uh, I now know yeah. that I can I can, um, you know, make enough money to buy a, a bottle of wine if I <laughs> self-publish a book. <laughs> Um, and you know, I've got this, uh, this other, uh, science fiction book coming out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I've got a foot in each world. So you feel comfortable down the line, maybe releasing a whole series of books, uh, self-published like separately from, uh, your published stuff or your traditionally published stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sort of waiting to see what the, uh, the longer term reaction to, uh, both the mirror's truth and this currently untitled science fiction book are uh if people like them if they're selling it all um i i uh the the beyond redemption series i'd, I'd like to write one more book just just to cap it off uh and that would that would have to be self-published mm. and then you know if the science fiction one sells it all i'd uh it is uh it was always my intent that it's the first of a trilogy yeah you know even though it, it is a standalone book there's sort of there's definitely room for for more in there it is good to see that, you know, we've we've seen you as a traditionally published author and then now as a uh, as self-published as well. Could you give any uh, listeners an idea of uh, some of the advantages and pitfalls of both since you've been on both both sides of the fence now? Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's look at uh, the, the traditional publishing first uh, advantages advance. Mm. They send you a check and that's awesome. They do everything. They do all the editing. They do all the cover work. They hire everybody. They pay for everything. Um, none of that's out of your pocket. So, you know, that's that's sweet. 
Uh, if you're with a big five publisher or even one of the mid-range publishers, they're going to get you in bookstores. They're going to get you in basically every market. Uh, Harper Voyager owns the rights to Beyond Redemption worldwide in English. Um, so technically, all around the world, it's sitting in bookstores. You can buy it online anywhere, you know, from any market. Uh, the cons, you have no control over kind of anything after that contract. Um, you know, they can they can change your title, they can put it out with some artwork that you don't like. And, you know, if if, if it doesn't sort of sell, uh, they can drop you. Mm. Now with the uh, with the self publishing, you know, control is awesome. Um, you know, with uh with the artwork with uh, with Anthony getting to go through several iterations and sort of going like, Yeah, I don't like that one, I do like this one, let's try it in this direction. Uh awesome. Uh Sean who did the the layout text stuff. We went through a couple different font choices and stuff for the cover before we found one that was we really liked. So that having that sort of control is, is good. You know, like I am absolutely happy with the cover of The Mirror's Truth. The downside, you got to pay for it all. Like I was out of pocket uh, for the art, for the layout, for the editing. Um, and so, you know, you're looking at, you know, well over a thousand bucks to to put together a really polished product. And that was with getting really great prices. You know, An Anthony cut me a huge deal doing the art for that uh, because he's sort of, you know, distant family to me. Um, <laughs> Tim gave me a great price on the editing. Sean uh, wanted me to drive like a dump truck full of hookers and cocaine up to his house. <laughs> so that, was, that was awkward. But, you know, we did it. We made it happen. Um, good, good trade. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty good. <laughs> Um, but then if it, if it does sell, if it, you know, you, you can, you can make money. It, you know, Mirror's Truth is making money now. I'm, I'm not quitting my day job or anything. Um, but it's like, I'm watching it sell and I'm, I'm pretty damn happy. As far as Beyond Redemption goes, uh, are you ever going to get the, the rights back at some point for that title? Um, maybe, uh, you know, I, I haven't really sort of, uh, put too much thought into that. I mean, okay. it's still, it only came out in 2015, uh, I know for sure Harper Voyager, they, they haven't earned back, you know, what they invested in it yet, I'm guessing. Uh, so they're not going to be in any rush to sort of uh, revert rights to me. Uh, there are clauses in there where if it sells less than X number of copies or X amount of income kind of thing, uh, the rights can revert. Uh, but I'm not really looking to step on toes or, you know, okay. piss anybody off. I figure, we'll, you know, we'll give it a couple of years, then I'll look at uh, sales. And if if they're low enough that they won't care, then I'll ask for the rights. If, if it's making money, then, you know, I signed a contract. I'm not really looking to uh, renege on that. Cool. And I guess it's okay to have that Beyond Redemption available in bookstores across the country, too. Doesn't hurt. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a, that's a unique advantage you have is that you have – Beyond Redemption, which is available everywhere, and now you're continuing to publish in the series. That's the gateway to the series. It's yeah, it's huge. Like so that's really if, helpful for you, I think. Yeah, well, the Mirror's Truth would not be doing as well as it's doing without Beyond Redemption. If if I published that like on my own without the sort of the the Harper Voyager Beyond Redemption background, uh, and and sort of the the friends. I've I've made sort of trying to promote it over the last year and stuff. I, no one would be buying it. No one no one would have heard of it. It wouldn't have got a stabby. Um, you know, it, I and it would have disappeared. It's it's a massive advantage into the Canadian tundra abyss of nothingness. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Brampton. 
<laughs> and uh, you did win uh, number 14 out of the top 50 fantasy novels of 2016 from Fantasy Faction. So, yeah. so uh, again, more accolades for The Mirror's Truth. If we haven't sold anybody listening to this podcast on reading that fucking book yet, I don't know how else we can do it. But you folks <laughs> yeah. need to buy Beyond Redemption and The Mirror's Truth. And then Swarm and Steel is the newest title dropping August 22nd, 2017. And it's a brand new novel in the Manifest Illusions universe. Yeah. Any, yeah, any sort uh, of sneak preview we can get for, for that awesome title, uh, and which you just debuted yeah. the cover over at uh, Grimdark Alliance. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did. I did. I forgot about that. That's brain. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Swarm and Steel. Uh, I actually wrote before The Mirror's Truth. Uh, like Beyond Redemption went out. Uh, I wanted to write more in that world, but I was so totally cooked on those characters. Uh, I needed a break from from their particular insanity and i wanted to explore some some very different sanity insanities uh and i wanted to sort of look at a different part of the world so for this one if anyone's crazy enough to have ever seen a map of the uh, manifest illusions world this one all takes place uh far to the east uh over along the edge of the uh the desert the basimortuan desert um and it's uh, the leader of a religion she is basically chased out of you know the city-state uh, she calls home by one of, uh, let's not share that. That's given away too much. She's, she's chased out and into the desert and left for dead. Uh, she ends up meeting with a, uh, a tribal, uh, young tribal man who has sort of accidentally murdered another member of his tribe. And they, they basically sort of uh, form a bond and set out to sort of bring an end to this mad religion that she has created. And hijinks ensue. Hijinks. Oh, <laughs> the humor, the laughs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's like a the end buddy buddy they, cop yeah to, buddy cop movie it's, a, it's like a bromance but between a guy and a girl <laughs> yeah from the cover it, it shows the character zerfall am i pronouncing that correctly yeah close enough she's quite out of sorts <laughs> so i guess some, <laughs> she's, something happened to her dra- she's dra- looking a little rough eh? yeah <laughs> So that kind of gives you an idea of uh, a good idea of what the characters uh, may go through in the story early on. Yep. The, uh, the yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that cover. They uh, they did a great job over at Talos putting that all together. Will there be any characters from Beyond Redemption or The Mirror's Truth making any sort of appearances in the Swarm and Steel? Is it just completely uh, um, new? There there is sort of a a secret and hidden uh, cameo uh, by one of the characters from Beyond Redemption, but um, we'll see if anyone notices or figures it out. And then timeline wise, it takes place after the events. Or? Yeah, it takes uh takes place after Beyond Redemption and. Kind of at the same time as The Mirror's Truth. Oh, nice. And actually, Fantasy Faction, I mentioned the 14th best uh, novel of uh, 2016, but they actually called you a champion of Grimdark. A champion? Yeah. yeah just, let's just leave it at a champion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a the, the Grimdark crowd has, uh, has embraced my mad little books, and for that, I am massively grateful. When we first talked to you, uh, you only had a very limited knowledge of what Grimdark was. Your your agent had said, oh, yeah, Beyond Redemption will be a big hit with the Grimdark folks. And you're like, what the fuck is Grimdark? <laughs> um, yeah. but, but now that you've been around uh, some of us grim folks, what what is your overall impression of Grimdark as a genre now? Do you feel it's a more established genre and that it's uh, something that uh, writers can writers and readers can be comfortable saying this is grimdark or that is grimdark yeah i'm not sure um i i i still in a way i don't really think of grimdark quite as a genre um 
it's like a, a flavor I may, or maybe a subgenre. I don't know. I So many books, like all of the books in Grimdark also get called something else, right? They're all, they're also dark fantasy or yeah. they, they can be epic fantasy. I mean, or uh, Game of Thrones is, is Game of Thrones Grimdark. Like it's the first book was written what two decades before anyone was throwing Grimdark around. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it seems like a, a genre that's being sort of retroactively applied to stuff. Yeah. Um, now, I think what I like about the Grimdark crowd is it's a community in a way that I don't see any of the other genres sort of being a community. I, I don't see like a really an, an epic fantasy community um, with the same level of sort of, um, you know, interaction and sort of dedication and love for what they're doing. Uh, maybe, maybe there is, and I'm just, you know, ignorant and unaware of it, you know, because I, I can't, I can't epic. I seriously, I tried to epic and I couldn't. <laughs> my, my epic failed epically. <laughs> I, I wrote 15,000 uh, words of, uh, somebody leaving a castle. And I was like, oh, so boring. Nice. Like, when, when is someone going to die? That's interesting that uh, I, I like to think of Grimdark as almost uh, heavy metal. And we've talked about heavy metal before, um, you know, rock music. I would say epic fantasy or, reg- or standard fantasy would be rock music in general. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe rock music is too broad of a genre. Yeah, I go uh, prog, prog rock for the epic <laughs> fantasy. Like heavy metal, like death metal, black metal, these kind of genres uh, this is kind of what Grimdark is. I think uh, black metal obviously has a very passionate uh, group of fans considering they, a lot of them, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say this, <laughs> burn down churches and shit like that. Well, yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, the Grimdark crowd, are, that's not what they'll do. But the Grimdark crowd are definitely the church burners. <laughs> <of> the <fantasy. laughs> we'll quote you on that. The church <laughs> I found the Grimdark crowd. Actually, we've got a, quite a few folks hanging out at the uh, Grimdark Fiction Readers and Writers Facebook group, and we usually commiserate there on a daily or weekly basis. But everybody's pretty cool there and nice and friendly, and we all tend to get along and love the same stuff and uh, are on the same page. And we're actually a, quite a friendly crowd of people, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great group. It's probably, probably, it is my favorite uh, like online fantasy group, probably my favorite site to hang out at Aww. You know, on Facebook. Yeah. Checks in the mail, buddy. Hugs. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Lone Wolf Anthology is the one that you were just asked to write the forward to. It's a cool little um, publication of short fiction uh, from Undaunted Publishing that just got released. <laughs> so folks can check that out. But you were actually asked to write the forward for that one. Uh, yeah, that, that was cool. It's a neat looking anthology. Um, <laughs> I wrote I wrote two uh, two introductions. <laughs> The first one was a little bit long and kind of insane and ranty. <laughs> and I read it and I was like, ah, oh, dude, that's a little nuts. So I wrote sort of a kind of a more normal one. And when they when they looked at the two, they were like, yeah, let's go with this one. <laughs> it's probably for the best. And but uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a cool looking anthology. Can't wait to uh, see how that does. Actually, I've got a copy. Yeah, a copy. Derek Allen, sit away, put that one together. It's got uh, Ben Galley, uh, Joseph Lalo, lots of uh, cool short stories about the Lone Wolf in there. So folks want to check that out. Be sure to pick up a copy of Lone Wolf Anthology. But your epic reputation is now in getting you to write forwards and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, one of the coolest things uh, is, is, is anthologies, uh, magazines, people coming to me and saying, hey, can you do a, a short story for for this? I mean, that's, that is so different than the first many years of me writing, which was write short story, get buried in rejection, write short story, 
get buried in rejection. Right, short story. Get buried in rejection. It's like to have someone, you know, sort of like, hey, Mike, uh, can you write a story for us and we'll pay you? I was like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. It must be a good so thing. much better than rejection. It is. Right. It is. Is there an element of if someone asks you to write something, do you feel obligated to always do it? Because I know uh, when, when that becomes a new, it has the new car smell on it. You're like, oh, well, yeah, of course I'll write something for you. But if it, if it starts to get where you're getting bombarded with stuff and it's affecting your novel writing, yeah, uh, yeah. of course, that would I, be not yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, um, I always want to write stuff, you know, if I can. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of like, and maybe this is, you know, crazy, but I kind of view writing as a business. I mean, it's an art, but it's a business too. Right. Um, so I, you know, when I get an offer or someone asks me to do something like that, um, you know, part of, part of my decision-making process is, is looking at what's in it for me and how much work it's going to take. Like writing a, you know, an intro for an anthology, it, it's nothing. It's, you know, it's not a ton of work. You know, I'm not looking, I'm not going to be like, Oh, am I getting paid for this shit? It's like, no, <laughs> but like, you know, if I'm going to write like a 10,000 word story, that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It takes a long time to sort of put that together and make it good enough that, you know, someone might want to read it. And so, you know, it's, I got to look at, you know, the pay scale sort of thing for that. And, you know, do I think anyone's going to read it? Um, I, you know, I have no idea what the question was, so <laughs> I'm just going to keep babbling and, it's, it's still got the new car smell. Um, and, you know, but I'm trying to sort of also not be a complete, you know, dumbass about it. Yeah. You actually don't even have formal training in writing. You never joined a writing group. How did you, ch- no. ch- how did you learn to write so good? Um, so good. <laughs> so good. You're a um, So I, 2008, I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to write a book. Um, and I'm going to finish it because I, I tried writing books and never finished anything. And so, you know, whatever I gave up, it was hard. Uh, but 2008, I was like, I'm going to write a book and it was perfect timing because, uh, my wife, uh, or girlfriend at the time was, was planning our, our wedding. Uh, so it gave me an excuse not to be involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, cause I'm busy writing a book. It's going to be a huge masterpiece. <laughs> uh, so I wrote 88. Um, which, uh, was later published by like a really small Canadian press. Um, but during the editing process, uh, I got to work with a, a couple of really amazing editors, uh, from five rivers publishing. And I, I learned, um, they picked apart my writing. They were vicious. Like most writers, I think would have curled up in a ball and cried themselves to sleep. Uh, <laughs> if they saw the sort of feedback that I was getting on this, <laughs> But I, you know, I understood the goal. They were just like, we want to make this the best book we can. And they cut apart my plotting. They cut apart my characters. They cut apart my prose. And each time I was able to sort of look at it and understand why they were, they were cutting it apart and, and how to make it better. Um, so after, after that was published, I was like, um, I had this, I'd started this, uh, what was Beyond Redemption back before 88 sold. I'd, I'd started writing it and, and I, I kind of went, oh, but I think this story is good enough to sell, but my writing is crap. So I basically scrapped it and started from the beginning um, and trying to very consciously make use of everything I'd learned during the editing of 88. And I guess it paid off because, you know, the book landed me an agent, landed me a publishing deal. Um, And, you know, even now to this day, like when I write, I'm often trying to be conscious of what I've learned in the past. And I'm, I'm still learning. 
Um, I learned a ton with um, the Mirror's Truth uh, uh, about uh, passive passive writing, uh, and I'd, I'd I'd found sneaky ways of writing passively that weren't immediately obvious. But when you started taking out like the word "had," is a huge one. Look for where you can cut it out of a sentence, and almost always make sure you're writing sort of faster, sharper, leaner, um, more in the moment. And so, you know, that was a huge amount of editing and rewriting to do that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's, it's ongoing. Still learning. Still learning. Still growing. Yeah. Still drinking. All the still learning. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you do have a short story coming out in the Evil is a Matter of Perspective Anthology from Grimdark Magazine. That's forthcoming this year as well. And that's a Manifest Illusions short story as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, they asked me to write a story for Anime, who is this undead cotardist assassin uh in beyond redemption and at first i didn't want to she wasn't the character i wanted to write about at all uh but because adrian is very persuasive um come on mate right come on mate (laughs) give you a beer i was like fuck okay fine um and but in the end um something clicked with the character uh you know i was trying to figure out what the story was going to be about and i don't mean plot because i don't really do plots Uh, like what the theme was um and, and it clicked and the story like fell out of me. You know, it's, I don't know, shy at 10,000 words in like a day or two. And it is, I, I think it's probably, if not the best short story I've ever written, it's got to be up there. Nice. Probably the best short story I've ever written. I'm really happy with how that story turned out. Cool. I'm really excited. I, I can't wait for it to come out and for people to read it and be like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Most people say that now anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> It's good. No, it's I'm good really that people say that. Saying I'm happy, I'm totally well balanced. <laughs> I'm fine. That's some of the best uh, compliments you can get is when somebody says, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Because then that, <laughs> then then you know you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I see that in reviews, you know, for uh, for my books on Goodreads. It's like, oh man, I'm scared to think what goes on in this author's head. It's like same shit as everybody else. <laughs> And so you're oh, that's dope. you're breaking it up now. So you're writing something completely new in a science fiction universe that's not manifest illusions or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so what I did, uh, eighty eight, the rights to eighty eight reverted to me last year, sometime I think. Um, and sort of in my spare time, and that's a laughable idea. <laughs> in my in my spare time, I've been rewriting it, re-editing it. Uh, wrote a couple of new scenes, rewrote the ending, um, and um, I re-geared it. Uh, towards a, a young adult new adult um sort of market um and that is the science fiction book that i'll be uh, putting out probably late february or something so is this like an um, 88 so definitive author's edition sort of deal or uh yeah 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 uh, this is it's sort of um hopefully a like uh you know really cleaned up tightened um you know version um and because no one read 88 <laughs> I'm hoping, uh, you know, with a, with some no, new cover art to sort of catch the eye, uh, that, um, I can sort of still sort of make a go of it. it it's a little scary. Um, it, this is, it is literally the first thing I ever wrote. Um, so, you know, like I kind of cringe a little bit, um, but I'm, but I'm still really proud of it. You know, I, I still think it's a great story and the reaction, you know, I've got from the few people who did read it, who aren't my mom, um, has been, has been really good. You know, people really seem to uh, like it, uh, because it's, it's very fast paced. It's very violent, you know, uh, dips the cyberpunk sort of (laughs) area there a bit. I know. 
big typecast. Right. Are you, uh, are you thinking of renaming it at all? Or are you going to keep it as 88? Uh, yeah, it's going to get a new title, uh, just because, uh, you know, after 88 was published, I learned the hard way, uh, how difficult it is to, um, find or search like Google search 88. So definitely since you dropped beyond redemption and then with self-publishing the mirror's truth, you've definitely gone through the rigmarole of marketing and advertising yourself through social media and various channels like that. How would you say that your approach to marketing yourself has evolved over this, uh, roller coaster publishing process so far? Uh, it's, it's kind of rapidly gone downhill. Um, I, I got, um, I, I put a ton of effort into uh, marketing beyond redemption, um, too late, unfortunately, to sort of really help it. Uh, and then I got so caught up in writing and editing the next two books by the time it came, you know, time to put out the mirror's truth and, you know, publicize it. I really have done a shit job. Um, you know, talked to a whole pile of people about, uh, doing guest posts and interviews and stuff and have just been too massively fucking burned out to sort of like follow up on a lot of it. Um, so I really, I've done a, a shitty job of it. You sound um, like me. Yeah. <laughs> I've, done the, I've done the same thing recently. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get better at it and I'm trying to sort of force myself to like, all right, write these guest posts, you know, get back to these people who all offered, you know, so graciously offered their, their sites and stuff and, you know, willing to, to let me babble on about whatever insane shit I'm going to babble on about. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm cooked, you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I just like, you know what? I just want to lose myself in writing the next book. Um, I, I don't have a, a great deal of interest in, in really working it and publicizing it. And that sucks. It probably means I'm doomed as a uh, self-published author <laughs> unless, you know, people just somehow find out about it anyway. I don't know. Um, so at some point I got to get off my ass and actually follow up on this stuff. Um, but I, I kind of need a break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you did a good job of, uh, one of the biggest things you did that I noticed was sharing the cover art. And I think that gets people excited. Like what they saw, how kick-ass your cover art was for mirrors, the mirror's truth. They were like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like, uh, some, uh, pro quality shit there. So <laughs> that, that, that's a huge thing, uh, for marketing that, that, that you did that I saw uh, several places. Uh, uh, that's always a good uh, thing to put out there for people that that's not, it's not regular, I guess, marketing that the people would think of, of as marketing, but it's yeah. a for, form of marketing, I, I suppose. Yeah. You know, it's definitely, it's definitely a start. I mean, obviously you have to have a, you know, a, a cover that looks professional enough to do that with. Uh, and I got incredibly lucky with that. But uh, yeah, that's part of it. Um, you know, I, I I just I don't know how much doing the blog tour thing really sort of sells books. Maybe it does. I I don't know. Um, it was hard to tell because I, I never really got or get uh, feedback with Beyond Redemption. I, I have no idea how many copies it has sold. So I, I don't know how much difference did, you know, my, my huge publicity push last year. How much difference did that make? Did it make any difference? Um, the publisher, I put it on sale for what was it like a buck 99 or something like that, the ebook, mm. uh, for a month. And their, their response was kind of like, yeah, it was that had much more of an effect on sales than, you know, your, your publicity kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and, and I, I suspect they're right. Uh, at some point I, I should probably do something similar with the mirror's truth. I'll do a sale for it. I don't know. Haven't given it a lot of thought. I suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck, I just, I, I just want to be a writer. 
some people say the best thing you can do is just write the next book. So mm-hmm. that I've always loved that advice. Just write the next book. That's one of the best things you can do to market yourself. You know, the more books you have, the the better chance you have of selling multiple uh, multiple things in the same universe. Especially if people will really dig the manifest delusions uh, universe, then you have several things that are out there. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are going to give away five copies of The Mirror's Truth, the Stabby Award-winning best self-published novel of 2016, The Mirror's Truth, from our guest, Michael R. Fletcher. We're going to sling five copies. That's the crowd, Jim. That's the, the crowd. Keep going. So five copies. Um, And very easy. All you have to do is email us at grimdarkfiction at gmail.com. That's grimdarkfiction at gmail.com. The first five people to email us after this episode drops will get an ebook copy, either Moby or EPUB, uh, your choice of The Mirror's Truth, courtesy of Michael R. Fletcher. So, Mike, thanks for doing that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to give away five copies so people can check it out and and uh, read the manifest delusions goodness there within. So thanks for doing that for us, Michael. All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, no problem. My pleasure. All that stuff. <laughs> So Beyond Redemption and The Mirror's Truth is available now in August. Swarm and Steel will be dropping as long as that short story at some point from the Evil is a Matter of Perspective anthology. So the roller coaster ride of publishing success that is Michael R. Fletcher continues down the tracks. So, Michael, best of luck to you. Folks can find you online at michaelrfletcher.com where they can uh, – Check out your web domain there. You're on Twitter and Facebook and always hanging out in the Grim Dark Fiction readers and writers group. Any other like con appearances or th- things coming up where folks can check in with you personally this year? Or? Uh, no. No. Do they even have cons <laughs> in Canada? No. <laughs> they, they, they do, but I don't go to them because for that to happen, I'd have to leave my house. and It's not safe out there. <laughs> Scary world. It's, cold. it's better in here. It's better. No, uh, no con appearances this year, I don't think, unless somebody like offers me money to do one. Gotcha. Uh, I went to uh, NYCC, the New York Comic Con last year, because uh, I got asked to do a panel. And, uh, you know, I had to pay for the flight down there, I had to pay for the hotel, I had to pay for all that whiskey I was drinking. <laughs> uh, it, it seemed in the end, while it was an amazing experience, it was kind of a crappy deal. Um, so I just, I I can't afford to be doing shit like that all the time. That's why you come and do the podcast. This is basically free to do it. Yeah. This is, this is like a con, but without all the people annoying me. Right. Just me and Phil. Check the show notes. We'll put in the link for the mirror's truth as well. If you want to just click on that and head over to Amazon and pick up a copy, you're more than welcome to do so. But Michael R. Fletcher, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. Always a pleasure to check in with your deranged self and have a conversation about all these fun publishing things. And we wish you the bestest of luck. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for, uh, for having me back. It's always fun to, uh, to shoot the shit. We're at thegrimtidingspodcast.com on Twitter at GrimDarkFiction. Be sure to check out our Facebook group, Grimdark Fiction Readers and Writers, to get daily updates on all things Grimdark. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Grim Tidings Podcast. Until then, stay grim, stay dark, stay true. We'll see you next time. Bye.